So the title of our time here today is Parenting in the Village. Parenting in the Village. You are not alone. I think that was a song by Michael Jackson, wasn't it? You are not alone. There you go. All right. I'm trying out, Leah. I'm trying out to be a part of the song leaders next week. All right. So this is huge. Parenting in the village. What do we mean? Well, we've all heard that phrase, an African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. I believe that African proverb is truth, that we have the village in our midst. That's the church. Number one, the leader of our village is Jesus Christ. And then we have the moms and dads, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, cousins, which are our spiritual family in which we are parenting in the village. We are not alone whether I'm married, I'm a single parent, I am blessed to be in the kingdom of God, to have a spiritual village that we participate and engage with one another in parenting and raising our kids. First point here we want to look at, go to God's word. In the village, again, God is king and leader and chief in our village. We want to go to God's word. Let's look at the scripture many of us are very familiar with. 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17. Karina, can you read that for us? But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All right. Thank you. And so it's really cool. We're not going to spend too much time on this point, but I do want to share something real quickly. It's really cool in that, again, this is Paul speaking to Timothy. And Timothy was a, a product of a, a, a mom, disciple. His dad was not a disciple. And his grandmother, we know from scripture, was a disciple. So for all of our single parents or our spiritually single parents, meaning maybe your spouse is not a disciple yet, but please keep praying and working hard so that they will come to salvation soon. But this gives us hope. Timothy became a great leader in the church, and he did not come from the traditional ideal setting of his mom and dad both being disciples, raising him. However, we see Timothy, a product of his mom and his grandmother's faith who instilled the word of God in him, from the beginning, again, going back to last week of training, but then we also know that Timothy had a great village of support as well. But we see here, the scripture calls us to remember what the scriptures are designed for, that they're from God, they're youthful, and that they thoroughly equip us for every good work. So the scriptures, there are several scriptures about parenting that we should go to as the standard and basis and, and primary, not just rule book, but playbook for our parenting. But there's a number of principles that aren't directly mentioning parenting, but apply to us as parents. And so it's important that we remember, we don't want to go off what we think or what we feel because we'll get in a lot of trouble, won't we? I know when I try to parent off what I think or what I feel, I have to come back and confess and get help. But when we have the scriptures guiding us as the basis, as the yardstick, as the measuring stick for us, then it will help produce in us a lot more success and it will be principle-based. 
So we want to make sure first and foremost that we're going to God's word to direct us in our thinking and in our principles and practices that we instill. Second, we want to make sure we go to God in prayer. And Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this because I think as part of a village that we don't have to rely on ourselves, we can rely on God's word, but we can also rely on prayer. And I think a lot of times I can underestimate the power of prayer. I want to find a solution in resources and books and people in my thoughts or my opinions, but prayer is key in everything about parenting in every situation. And I love that idea that I can pray about every situation when it comes to parenting, that I can pray about my kids' relationship with God, my kids' friendships, any challenges that they're facing, that I can go to God in prayer about them and not underestimate that. Sometimes I think we can look at some a challenge that they're facing and think we have to find, we have to fix it. But a lot of times God is working and is working in their lives in ways that we don't understand. And so I think us really going to God in prayer is key and not underestimating what is happening when we're praying that maybe we don't see something right away, but God is always listening and always taking our prayers into consideration and desiring to answer I think, I think leaning on prayer as our main source is super important. And I think we can pray when, whenever we think that even things that seem mundane, we can pray about. So I just think that that's super important as we think about the village and about God as our father, that going to God in prayer about everything. And also with prayer, we're praying for wisdom, right? I mean, man, we don't know what to do. I was just telling somebody this the other day. At every stage we enter, we've never been before, right? And so when you have your first kid, you've never had a first kid before. When your kid goes to elementary school, you've never had a kid go to elementary school before. You've never had adult children before you had adult children. And so it's important that we don't always turn to people as the main source wisdom we do need to and we're going to talk about that in a second here as far as turning to people for help but we have to make sure we're going to god in prayer god give me the wisdom and i like to pray god speak through the people who i'm going to get advice from so there's been several prayers god speak through bruce and robin when we get with them today help them to speak and give us direction here on what to do when it comes to our kids and the situation. And again, it's not just praying only for our kids in, in their circumstances, situation, but a lot uh, of prayer, asking God for wisdom to be given. Show me, and show me through people, show me through your scriptures what you want. Again, we are not alone, and hallelujah for that. It is scary to think about parenting without God Almighty, without his scriptures, and without his presence and his wisdom being shared with us. We want to spend more time on the next one right now, and that's going to God's people. Again, it takes a village to raise a child. I believe it takes a church village to spiritually raise a child. In Galatians 6, 
Verse two, it reads, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. We can have a lot of burdens when it comes to parenting, can't we? The burden, the pressure we might put upon ourselves, the challenges, the mishaps, the mistakes that we might be making, the influences from the world that, that are, are, are trying to persuade and dissuade our children and our faith. And so we want to make sure and realize the treasure that we have in Christ to have one another and that we get a chance to go to each other for help. I want to talk about a couple key areas here in which we can get help from one another, which we go to God's people. Yeah, I think it's important that uh, we realize we have each other as we have these as we enter new phases, as we go through challenges, and our our kids being friends is a really good thing. And this is where our relationships with one another can really help because as their friendship develops, our friendships develop, and then we can have conversations about different things happening with our kids. So even just having conversations about what things that you are permitting or the timing of things that you're going through with your children and having those conversations, things about, hey, when are you going to let them have a phone? Or when are you going to let them get a social media account? Things like that. Things that seem small, but they talk and they, you know, hey, what's so-and-so's family, you know, they get to do this or they get to do that. And you might not always agree with each other, but it's good that you're talking about it. So you're not caught off by surprise and you can and you can even have a conversation like, yeah, you know what? I do know that they let them do that. We talked about that. I mean, how cool is that if they can hear that? Wow. Oh, they talk like I can't use that argument against them. But having those kind of conversation with your peers about what you're doing, what you're learning with your kids. Again, this is proactive. And we want to make sure we're being proactive as opposed to reactive in our parenting as much as possible. And so asking and getting together with, again, the, your peer parents, meaning they have children that are around the same age. Again, hey, what are you guys going to do about this? And then you guys can have the same language. How cool would this be if all of us here in our parenting had the same language about stuff? So they can't use the, well, you know what the Johnsons do over there. They can't use that and try to manipulate the situations because we're on the same page here and we're using the same language. Again, the village helps us to be able to collectively help our children grow in the faith. Yeah, I was just going to say that we received that advice not too long ago and loved it, fell in love with that advice because we thought, oh, that's genius. That um, I can't wait to have those conversations and we can learn together. And so part of our plan as we receive this advice is we want to do this with some of our children's friends, parents that they go to school with. So not even in the church, but using this as an opportunity. Hey, what are you guys going to do this? Or what have you guys done about this situation? That draws us into a deeper relationship with the parents. We can build more upon our friendship. And what else does it do? It provides opportunities for our faith to be shared. What's the negative in that? We get a chance to maybe partner with each other about helping our kids make good choices and, and providing a good, not shelter, but parameters for them that's together, even though we might not have the same faith at the moment, but then it also provides opportunities 
for us to share our faith. And so I'm really, I, I really am so grateful for the advice that was shared with us and be able to start implementing this. Conversations with kids. I don't know if you remember, but Bruce Williams shared a story about, uh, I think it might've been uh, Henry Kramer who had a conversation with Jason about his grade and how Jason wasn't doing well in, in, in a certain class and got a D. And you guys remember that hopefully. And so, but this is so powerful that we have that we can utilize because there are times when us as parents, we aren't the best source for having that conversation with our child at that time. They can maybe hear it better from another adult. They can hear it from another adult that we're close to, another spiritual mentor in the faith. I know I'll just share briefly, and this wasn't in the context of the church, but I had a point right before I was going to college where I told my mom I wasn't going to college. And uh, you should have saw my mama's face. She almost freaked out because uh, the second word that I ever knew in life, first word that I ever said was mama and second word was college. <laughs> so she was always saying, boy, you're going to college. Boy, you're going to college. So mind you, when I'm 17, I said, mama, I ain't going to college. You could, you knew she was flipping out. <laughs> and so she was telling everybody and they mama about what I was saying and trying to get them to talk to me. And so I had several people and it was helpful. And one of those conversations led me to saying yes to college. I became a Christian in college and part of that reason that we're here today. And so conversations with our kids, many powerful life altering conversations can and will and should come from other people than mom and dad. Yeah, the other, we can't stress enough how important it is to have relationship for you to, as a parent, to have a relationship with the mentors and, and or team leaders who are involved with your children's lives. And when I say that, I mean, making them help, helping you help yourself by making them part of your family, by talking to them on a regular basis, having them over uh, for a meal and developing that friendship, not just for your kid, but as a family. And obviously that's going to produce so much fruit as you're talking, as they're seeing your dynamic as a family, not just seeing your, you know, talking to your child, but seeing your dynamic as a family, they'll have so much more to be able to offer. But on top of that, when someone is, when someone feels loved and feels appreciated, they're going to they're going to give a little extra. That's just the reality of it. And the volunteers, people who are volunteering as mentors and as team leaders, they have great hearts. But if you, if they feel love, they're going to give a little extra. And we've seen that over the years. We've, we try to stress that as much because we've seen that we've seen the relationships that team leaders have with their teens or mentors with their mentees. And some of the best ones if not most of the best ones have been because the parents really made a, a, a big effort to pull them into their family. And we understand that maybe that doesn't always work out, but as much as you can try to have a relationship, I think that's really important. Being mindful of their birthday, being mindful of special occasions, even holidays, thinking about your team leader or your, or the mentor who's volunteering their time to help your child. Yeah, I think just thinking with the mindset of they're going to be a part of our family. Okay. And so those and we've been involved with students since 2006, I believe, as far as being. And so we've seen it. We've seen all the relationships here now for the last 15, 16 years. And the best 
mentor, mentee, teen leader, teen relationships are the ones in which the parents had a relationship with the mentors and brought them into the family. We can't stress this enough. I know Karina just said it, and I'm saying the same thing because we want to stress it. So I would encourage you to have them over consistently for dinner. Hopefully at least once a month, you can have them in your home. And again, it will behoove you and your family to engage with them. Did we, did we stress that enough? Okay. All right. Let's continue going here. Advice. This is pivotal, getting tons and tons of advice. Can you read those two scriptures? Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 15, 22. Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Proverbs 19, 20. You know, this is so, so important as Christians that we seek a lot of input. And it is extremely vital as a mom, as a dad, that we receive and seek a lot of advice from others, especially those who have gone through the process and are maybe a step or two ahead, but even those who aren't a step ahead of us, our peers, to get a lot and lots of advice. And brothers and sisters, I do wanna be honest for just a quick second here. I am surprised about how little I hear of people getting advice about parenting. That is concerning that either we don't see the need for it or we think that maybe we have it all together. And that's where we can go down a wrong path with our parenting and really have some habits that aren't godly, that aren't helpful, that won't produce what we hope to produce. The way of a fool seems right to him, but it leads to destruction. And so we don't want to have that. So we want to make sure that this is who we are and it is our culture, that we have a culture of seeking advice about parenting. Now, I know there could be some hesitation and fear of, look, insecurity of appearance that we don't know what we're doing, but guess what? We don't know what we're doing and that's okay. None of us know exactly what we're doing, but we have some tried and true practices from scripture and from those who have gone before us. And so with big things, we're, you know, big things when it comes to what we permit our kids to do, to small things that we might consider small, it is huge that we get tons and tons advice. Some of the best advice we received at an early uh, age with our kids was, what was it? If it isn't cute at five, it ain't cute at 15. And that was very helpful because, you know, if little baby girl got to snapping off and saying something crazy to Karina at five and we laugh, look at her, Miss Thanks, she got an attitude. That ain't cute when she's 15 snapping off at Karina, right? And so that was so helpful for us to make sure we were instilling and are instilling good habits at an early age. And I just am so grateful for all those who inserted themselves and gave us advice. I know when we became parents, we had, it was like a swarm of people who gave us unsolicited advice and it wasn't bad, but they just wanted to give, they wanted to share because they had received so much 
and they wanted to see us be successful in our parenting. So they offered advice and we were grateful. I remember some of the advice we received was go to several couples and, and see what they're doing. So we picked out three couples that we wanted to sit down and say, okay, walk us through some important things at this stage in our parenting. We're, we're new parents. We don't know what to do. Walk us through this. And that was helpful for our discipline and things of that nature. And so with that, I want to also share this here. You want to be proactive in your advice, not reactive. We want to be proactive in our advice and not reactive. And what I mean by this is you want to get advice as you are entering stages or about to enter stages. And so I remember going with the Williams and say, okay, our kids are about to go into elementary. What do we do right now? What should our thinking be? We're about to have a second child. What should our thinking be? Help us out. That was proactive advice. And I'm not tooting our home. Please don't ever confuse this. What I'm sharing here is that this was so helpful because it helped us avoid a lot of mistakes that I know I would have made <laughs> if people didn't give me advice about the stage before we entered it. And so, of course, we're always going to have times where we have reactive advice. Something happened and we want to get advice, but we really want to build that spiritual muscle of being proactive and getting our advice. Again, we want to help avoid a lot of trouble and mistakes. Let's talk through a couple of areas in which we should be getting advice. Sure. I think some areas that we wanted to highlight that we can easily miss are one of them is the area of sex that talking about sex regardless of what age they are when do you start talking about it how do you continue talking about it i think this is an area that is awkward for most parents in general and so it doesn't exclude us in the church but i think figuring finding out again how to be proactive rather than reactive trying to find out when do i have these conversations, do I bring this up before or do I wait for them to teach it at school or for them to hear something at school from their friends? You know, I remember being at one of um, a youth and family conference and Jennifer Conson, who is a sex therapist, shared that by the age of, I believe she said seven, maybe I think around first grade, they stop talking about it, not because they are unaware a lot. We often think they're unaware, they're innocent, but they're hearing about it at school. But by that age, they've learned that it's a taboo subject. So rather than talk about it at home with their family, they learn to, to stay quiet. And so then they have all these questions and thoughts that they formulate on their own versus talking to parents and getting proper direction in this area. So making sure that we're getting advice about that. And then obviously as they continue and as they they face their teenage years, that whole that's a whole other slew of issues that we want to make sure we're getting advice about rather than ignoring and thinking that if they're not talking about it, it's not an issue. The other area we want to get advice about is technology. We're all learning in this area because the things are developing as we, you know, we, the technology that is, that we have now is not what we had when we were kids and it just keeps growing and going. And every, you know, it seems like every day there's a new app or there's a new trend, social media has something, you know, there's a new influencer. So making sure that we're getting advice about the area of technology. 
And then lastly, getting advice about discipline. We, our children are going to make mistakes. And so being able to get advice about what, how we should discipline them, whether, you know, we could be prone for, you know, regardless of what, where we lean, we want to have outside perspective to help us in this area. Which I'm so grateful for because I'm probably more hardcore than Karina is. And she's always like, let's get advice. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, we don't need to get advice. We're going to ground that kid till they're 18. She's like, well, that's 11 years from now. I don't know. And they'll get that point. And she's like, okay, well, let's talk to Bruce and Robin or somebody else. And then they straighten me out and, and then everything goes a lot better. And so uh, discipline, look, she, she's nodding. And Bruce, I'm Rob, I ain't seeing you, but you probably nod your head too right now. And so it's important that, that we make sure we're getting advice. And here's another thing here. You want to train your kids to get advice as well. We're going to do a whole podcast episode about that. But brothers and sisters, if, you're, if you can train your kids now, whatever age they're in, to start learning the spiritual biblical treasure there is in getting advice, your kids will make a lot better decisions than they would without that training. And so again, we want to have independent spiritual children. And so if we instill in them, but we model, explain, and invite and include in this area of advice, that will set them up for that as well. All right, now that also means that we need to speak to one another when it comes to going to God's people and advice. Ephesians 4, 14 through 16. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become mature. That's what Christ wants us to become. He wants his church. But obviously, this is applicable to us as parents. As we speak the truth, when we see stuff, we share stuff. And so that's so important that we don't always just that we. Yes, we seek input. Yes, we consider advice. We heed advice that's been given to us, but also brothers and sisters that we take the initiative to go ahead and speak up when we see things. Yes, I want to share a story. I think we all have blind spots. We all have things that we don't see. So we need each other in, in our lives. And I know one example not too long ago, we had uh, a sister that there was a sister who talked to me about something she observed in one of our daughters and maybe a habit or something that was going on when she would see that her. And it was really helpful because we weren't there to see it. We were, <laughs> so we were able to then later have a conversation and talk through it. And since then have been able to see just the benefits of that conversation and the growth that took place because of just a simple conversation. But I know that it might've been uncomfortable for that sister to bring that up. And then maybe she thought about it twice. Like, should I bring this up? Should I not? But I'm so glad that she did. And I, and I think that's something that I struggle with is, you know, parenting is such a delicate subject. We can be very insecure about it, but realizing that it's worth it, that uh, out of love, it's it, because of our love for one another, it's worth it. 
And so that also means that when we receive some feedback that might have been unsolicited or some people sharing things with us that they see in our kids or see in our parenting, that we truly strive to be humble in our response to this. And I know it's hard. I know when this situation happened, I was grateful, but a part of me, there was a temptation to want to defend it. Like, no, but you didn't, you don't understand our kid. And, but at home and you don't want to be defensive and maybe taking it personal or just taking, you know, just want to defend our kid. But it was so helpful because then we were able to grow ourselves as parents to engage in this area and, and wow, to see God bless the growth that took place. And so I just want to encourage every one of us. We're all parents. We're all understand. But again, none of us have it all down. So as people share things, they're sharing it out of love so that we can grow and that our kids can grow. It is a village. And so if we're constantly sharing, asking, man, we the insecurities can, can really subside here. We can actually grow and see a great culture be formed and maintained so that when they're parents, it will be sustained and, and will continue until the time of Jesus's return. We gave a lot of good stuff. Let's recap here. We're talking about parenting in the village. What a treasure it is. And we want to remind ourselves, we are not alone. Let's go to God's word for direction, practical and principle-based direction for our lives and our parenting. Let's go to God in prayer, asking God for wisdom, asking God to bless and work in our kids' situations, not just depending on ourselves and depending on the church to fix something, but going to God in prayer about any and every situation. And then a big part of going to God's people, seeking tons of tons of advice and speaking up when we see things that are going on. I know this can be a lot. Maybe today has been a lot. Maybe you just take a step back and you go, man, the last three weeks, it's been some good stuff from the 10 successful, 10 keys to successful parenting. Man, I'm overwhelmed by that. Or last week about training or this week, maybe you might be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Be grateful that God is equipping you for long-term success. And again, this applies to you, mom and dad, but this applies to you, mom and dad, when you become grandpa and grandma. You can help train your kids. You can help train and help us or, or those around us. We want this to be a hub of parent training. We want to see God use the North OC Church here to be truly a light on a hill when it comes to families. And so don't be discouraged. Take one thing a week one thing a week and try to implement and you can go back to these things. We have the uh, Foundations of Godly Parenting packet as a great resource for you and helping others. We have the Stronger Family, Stronger Church Facebook group. There are tons of articles that just give good feedback and input, some great practical things and articles. And we have the Stronger Family, Stronger Church podcast, which we have some uh, great tips and, and tools, which we get some guest speakers and we get all kind of good and great treasures. That was inspired by the Williams. They said, you, you should just go ahead and do a podcast on it. I was like, that's too much. And then I was like, oh, you know, that's a really good idea. We, we should do that. And so we're so grateful again for Bruce and Robin Williams. So that concludes the end of our parenting class. I'm so excited because what we envision is having a season every year in which we can have some specific equipping and training for all of us as parents. And so here we go. 
We had foundations of godly parenting. We talked about perspective, principles, and practices. Perspective. Parenting is more about God and your spiritual formation. Some principles and practices, the 10 key to successful parenting, training our kids, and parenting in the village. Why did we do all this? Because we value family. We want to see God bless, move us to have stronger families and therefore a stronger church. Amen. Amen.